0: Scripture makes it very clear in Genesis that there was a flood, but is there any scientific evidence for the flood? I'm Mark Brecker, education pastor here at McGregor, and this is Beyond the Notes. Joining me today on Beyond the Notes is David Asfor, a member here at McGregor Baptist Church, also a science biology teacher here at Southwest Florida Christian Academy. And this is a very different Beyond the Notes because normally I would be sitting here by myself or whoever had finished preaching on Sunday would be sitting here by themselves. But I thought it would be good to have you here, David. Uh, I'm going to call you... um, a biblical creationist expert is—is uh, is that a—is that a fair title? Uh, uh, expert is maybe. <laughs> Pushing it, but sure, it's somewhat subjective. Uh, Yeah, in my mind, my eyes. I do talk about
1: this year in and year out in my classroom. So,
0: well, we just finished Sunday looking at Genesis chapter six, and in that chapter, we hear about God's judgment, pronouncement of a judgment that is coming, and we'll see that happen in Genesis seven. But we hear in Genesis six of it coming of a flood that would um, bring would be brought to all mankind and all the animals. Uh, And so I wanted to have you on because we saw yesterday in the text, and we'll look at it continually over the next few weeks, the fact that there was this flood. In fact, I even made a statement early on that this was an actual, factual, historic event. But let's start with a question I mentioned in the opening. What scientific evidence do we actually
1: have for the flood that's recorded in Genesis? There's so much I would need hours and hours to lay it all out. But... The best evidence for the flood is it's kind of two things combined in one. First of all, the rock layers laid down all over the earth that we have evidence of. Mm. And within those rock layers, there are fossils. And so the two kind of go together. I brought some props for those of you watching on YouTube. We've got a piece of slate here with a fish fossil embedded within it. Mm -hmm. And then a chunk of rock with some trilobite fossils sticking out of that. And... Trilobites, both of what the, are those? Trilobites are just little Snails? crustaceans. They're, they're crustaceans like crabs, um, okay. but they, they don't exist anymore. They, they have gone extinct. But both of these fossils are found in rock layers. And so um, one of the, the things that are repeated over and over again, especially from Answers in Genesis Ministries, Ken Ham does this all the time, is he's like, if you take the Bible at its word, what would you expect to see from a worldwide flood? as depicted in in scripture, you would expect to see billions of dead things buried in rock layers. And those rock layers should see evidence of being laid down themselves by water. And when we look around, even secular scientists cannot deny this, that the geologic evidence, the geologic rock layers all over the world are laid down by water and embedded within them are billions of fossils. Mm. And what's interesting about that is that if you were to ask an evolutionist, what's the best evidence for evolution, they would say the fossils. They go to the fossils, So we're both looking at the same evidence and we are pulling two completely different um, conclusions Mm. from that evidence, which um, brings up kind of a caveat whenever we're talking about scientific evidence is that the perspective or the worldview of the scientist affects greatly the conclusions that they draw okay. from the evidence. Yeah, And um, that we have to be careful when we are looking for scientific evidence to, I don't even want to say back up the Bible, but, we have to be careful when looking at scientific evidence to corroborate the Bible. right? And that's For not that our
0: reason. desire. Even today, it's it, this is not the purpose. let's let's find the evidence to prove that Correct. there was a flood. no, we we trust God's Word. We start with that presupposition. Mm-hmm. However, it is, pretty awesome to hear and see evidence that does corroborate Correct. the truth of God's word. And that's really what I was hoping to hear from you today. What What is some of the evidence? Uh, is there any evidence for the, the universal
1: nature of the flood? Yes. Uh, the rock layers all over the world show evidence of being laid down by water. Uh, some rock layers actually seem to end at one continent and then pick up Hmm. On another. And the fossils embedded within those layers are continuous as well. Wow. So uh, mosasaur fossils, for instance, kind of span uh, South America going up to the northeastern coast of Brazil. and then they the the rock layer and the fossils found, the mosasaur fossils will then just appear over in Europe or northern Africa, I believe. So it looks like these were all laid. this was all laid down as one continuous uh, layer. And then like a jigsaw puzzle broken up after the fact. Mm. And so all the rock layers all over the world indicate that they were laid down by water. And the fossils we find within them also indicate um, the fact that they were buried in a catastrophic manner. Not slow, not that the fish died and slowly sank and was covered up. They were buried... In a cataclysmic type fashion, mm. um, so fossils are found where animals are in the process of eating something, like they are mid-swallow. Wow! Uh, this this fish fossil that I have here doesn't show that, but there are other ones where the fish is in the process of swallowing something when it got buried. Mm. Um, many many of the aquatic fossils are found like that, which means that it was an it was an instantaneous type of uh, process. The the rotting that we normally see with aquatic creatures specifically isn't there. Right. Even soft-bodied creatures like uh, jellyfish, mm. they're buried, uh, or they, they're fossilized, which means they would have to have been buried almost immediately in a catastrophic fashion. Okay. So you talk about it being a cataclysmic, catastrophic mm-hmm.
0: type uh, event that caused this. And we know that based on what God's word tells us, that it was this amount of water. Mm-hmm. So where did that
1: much water come from to literally flood the entire earth. Well, in Genesis, it says that the fountains of the great deep burst open. That's the trigger for the flood. Mm. Most people think of the 40 days and 40 nights of rain. Just think about the rain. Um, That's all they think about. And that in and of itself is, there's a lot of problems if that was the only mechanism, but but God is very specific. He says the fountains of the great deep. Well, what is that? The great deep is basically uh, another word for the oceans or the seas and the water would have come primarily from subterranean cavities of water. Uh, So the water would have come up, burst through the crust at various locations across the planet, and that would cause a lot of devastation. Just imagine massive earthquakes, massive geologic upheaval happening, potentially um, volcanic eruptions happening from that. Um, All kinds of things would happen if you would have had something like that happening globally. And that that would account for where the water came from. Right. Um, And uh, another question that people commonly have is where does the water go? go? Well, a part of that geologic upheaval would be the tectonic plates forming. Um, Many creation scientists believe that prior to the the flood, there wouldn't have been the tectonic plates like what you learn about in school. Uh, like like the broken eggshell nature of our crust, mm. all these little different plates. Um, potentially, that was created during the flood, and when you have tectonic plates crashing into each other, like think just bumper cars. That's basically what was happening during the flood. When you have two tectonic plates that crash into each other, they crumple up, and mountain ranges form from that. So, we would not believe that the Himalayan mountain range or the um, mountain ranges out in Colorado would have existed before the flood. They would have been forming as Noah and the animals are safely on the ark, mm. floating around on the water. There will be this massive bumper car upheaval under the water of all these tectonic plates crashing into each other. And you would have had the sinking down of the modern ocean basins happening during this time where the eventually the water would all collect. So the, the, geology and the topography of the pre-flood world would have been completely different. So the water's not really disappearing mm. per se. It's, it's just here. being rearranged yeah. into it's other being areas. being reorganized, put in different places. And mm. and when you read the uh, creation account back in Genesis chapter one, you see that the oceans, the seas were gathered into one place. And what that implies is that there was only one continent originally, mm. uh, the Bible implies that itself. Mm. Uh, God's word implies that itself. So. Uh, you would have had one massive continent, one massive ocean, now we obviously don't have that. So the the geology, or the, the, I should say the geography. topography, the geography of our planet today is different than what it was prior to the flood. Free flood, yeah.
0: Mm. Um, let's let's jump and I know we don't have a lot of time, but I want to talk a little bit about the arc, and we touched on this a little bit Sunday about just the dimensions, the size. So everybody hopefully got an idea. It's a you know a football and a half long feet or yards long, football and a half long, mm-hmm. yeah, four hundred fifty yep. uh, feet long, seventy five feet wide, forty five feet tall. Um, that from what I little I looked at would be enough to house a male and female of each animal kind. Is that correct? And
1: how do we know that? Uh, Well, first of all, you got to focus on the word kind. It's not species. So a lot of people, a lot of skeptics will say, how can you fit all the millions upon millions of species on the arc? You wouldn't need to do that. Um, The kingdom phylum class order way that we organize animals today. That was uh, developed by Carolus Linnaeus in the 1600s. So this didn't exist back when mm. Moses was writing this down. Uh, the Bible is God is very, very um, he takes a very simple approach in, in defining his created kinds. If they can mate together and produce offspring, they're of the same kind. Right. So that would actually encompass dozens or hundreds of species as we define them. Under one kind. Under one kind. So for instance, there wouldn't be, this is what I hate when I see artistic renderings of of Noah's flood. Hmm. You would not have lions, tigers, cheetahs, and leopards boarding the ark. You would have one feline kind. One kind. Just literally one feline kind, one canine kind, one horse kind. Uh, And from that, there's enough genetic evidence to support that since then, since the flood, you could have, through various genetic means, bottlenecking, and other kinds of things, all of the different varieties develop from this one kind. Fa- this one pair yeah. that you would have had on the ark. How many kinds were, would there have been roughly? It's still can estimate? It, We can estimate. Um, one of the more recent studies done, they would uh, basically put the kind at the family level of the Linnaean system. So you have family, then genus, and species. So family level. So uh, I actually, I, can't, I, don't, I don't teach the number of kinds. I teach the number of individuals based on what this current study has shown. And they're estimating potentially you'd only need, and this is a conservative, this is like rounding up. 2,000 individual animals on the Mm. ark. And many of them we don't need to count. So obviously aquatic creatures, we don't need to count those. That's where most of the creatures on the planet are anyway. Now, how did they they fare with all this going on? There's a couple of different uh, models. Uh, um, I don't want to say theories necessarily, but a couple of different hypotheses. Um, First of all, it is possible that the salinity of the ocean was different back before the flood. The, The salinity might not have been as uh, as great so the differences between the um, the different organisms uh, you know maybe a, a, a riverine fish or a lake fish could have ventured into the oceans mm. and, and would would have been fine um, so that's one possibility the, the, the water wasn't that salty or potentially maybe all aquatic creatures prior to the flood had the genetic capability to switch back and forth mm. we see lots of creatures today that can Go back and forth between fresh and salt water. Can alligators do that? Um, alligators don't. well They don't care. They don't really. They don't really care about that because they don't breathe the water in. But sharks can. Some sharks, shark species okay. can. Bull sharks can go from salt water to fresh water. Uh, salmon go from fresh water to salt water. Various types of eels go from fresh water to salt water. So that's that's a possibility. Maybe maybe they've lost. Most creatures have lost the ability to do that since the flood genetically but then there's also this interesting thing that we see in uh, in nature where uh, and I don't know this is just my this is just one idea i don't know if this could sustain the entire year long flood but uh, w- what are called freshwater lenses where freshwater is less dense than saltwater so what it would actually Float, so Separate from the salt. Yeah. So one Water. idea is that you could have potentially had freshwater fish surviving on this freshwater lens above yeah. the saltwater. I don't know if that could sustain itself for a year, but that's three possible explanations right there. And it's potentially maybe a, a combination of those three. Um, so that's really not that big of a, of a biological or scientific issue to, sure. to explain. Yeah. Uh, One last question, then we'll wrap up.
0: Um, What about, you know, we talk about the number of animals on the ark being able to handle that, but what about just maintaining them with enough food, uh, enough fresh water, uh, you know, being able to move enough to, you know, to stay active, Mm -hmm. getting rid of all the...
1: The waste. Yeah. There <laughs> the was smell. Actually, oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bible does mention a, a ventilation a little, window. A specifically. A all the way around the top I, there. I yes. find that interesting. God's yes. like, oh, trust That's me. It's not there, just for light. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So God's putting every detail we need in there. Um, so yeah, th- there was actually an author that uh, wrote a feasibility study. He actually did a feasibility study. How could eight people, Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives, do this and there's uh, relatively i don't want to say primitive technology but there is you know pre-industrial type of technology that could potentially um help care for all of these animals many of these animals might not have needed to be taken care of mm. if we talk about various reptiles they, if they had a huge meal before the 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 flood they would have boarded the ark and then just sat there mm. for, or maybe gone into almost a hibernative state yeah Um, and as far as feeding the, the carnivores, well, if we think about it, the carnivores before the fall were herbivores and carnivores can eat herbivorous diets. Mm -hmm. Most of you probably feed your dog and cat, uh, dried food. And if you look at the ingredients, it's not, (laughs) uh, processed animals, it's most likely corn Corn. or wheat or something like that. So in in a pinch, these animals can revert back to, or, or, eat, Uh, something that might not be their particular diet. And especially if they were, uh, 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 had a broader range of genetics that that we expect them to have to be able to produce all the things that we have today, potentially they would have had the enzymes necessary Mm. to digest these kinds of things. So um, many of the animals wouldn't need to be cared for, but uh, Noah had anywhere between 70 and a hundred years to prep for this. Mm -hmm. So we we kind of imagine he quickly built a boat and then the animals boarded and then there was a flood. Now he had plenty of time to prepare and get stockpiles of food. Uh, so, you know, what else did they have to do 24 hours a day? But, but, and and especially if we only had 2000 individuals, not 2000 pairs, 2000 individuals potentially.
0: Yeah.
1: And even if you round that up to 5,000, that's not, or boat that that's size. That's not too yeah. big of a deal. And, and a lot of these animals would have been um, around roughly a sheep size or less. We always think of the biggest ones. Uh, even the dinosaurs that would have been on the ark would have been roughly sheep size. They would not have been anything that big.
0: That's the phrase or the, the the model they use for figuring out how many they
1: could fit in there. They right. always use a sheep, sheep size, you know, average, that's yeah. the
0: average uh, land yeah. animal size. Yeah. As we wrap up, what are some resources? We're gonna to try to get all of these that you mentioned, at least as ones we can put in the, the show notes for this so folks Correct. can can find these, but what are some good resources if they wanna do some more study in this
1: area? A uh, Great one that is available in the church library is, is Genesis History. It's a documentary uh, done by Del Tackett. And it is, it's great because the, you have geologists, paleontologists, biologists interviewed. Uh, it's not just the flood, but they cover, like most of what they cover is the flood. It's a big part of that, yeah. Uh, it's a big part of that. And, and they even uh, d- talk to a Hebrew scholar who talks about um, the fact that this was, the flood was depicting a worldwide event based on the Hebrew language. Hmm. Uh, So that's a great one. It's a DVD documentary that we have in the library. Uh, I can find the link for the um, the feasibility study. It's a book uh, if you really want to get into that. And then there are a lot of web-based resources. We have uh, Answers in Genesis, uh, Creation Ministries International, and the Institute for Creation Research. All of those three um, scientific uh, ministries have lots of articles and videos about the flood.
0: And we'll put all those in the, in the show notes so folks can get a link and go check that out. Thank you so much, yeah, David, absolutely. for joining us. I know we tried to take uh, eight hours worth of content and That's push it down to 15 minutes, but thank you and uh, so glad you're teaching our students uh, biology and science over at SFCA. Thank you. So thanks for joining us for Beyond the Notes. Join us this coming Sunday as we continue in our study of Genesis.